How's it going, everybody? This is Joe Liberty here with <laughs> Melanie Sinclair, and we are the Freedom Cartel. Bum, bum, bum. A little green from St. Patrick's Day, wouldn't you say? <laughs> I am a little green. You were a little green with your stomach getting sick. I did, man. That was rough. Well, so here, here's the problem, and, and, and no offense, Melanie, but you're an amateur. <laughs> because you can't mix Irish car bombs with fish and chips. Yes. That's rule number one going then why to why do y'all bombs. sell them on St. Patrick's Day? Then? To make uh, people that don't know a little sick. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I, no. Actually, I actually had the fish and chips also with the with the uh, Irish car bomb, but I took my probiotics. Oh, you think that made a difference? I know it does. Probiotics changed my life. Yeah, yeah. I'm on. I do have uh, probiotics. I don't take them regularly though. Oh, every day, you know, for for years from wrestling. This is getting kind of personal and a little gross, but it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> for years wrestling, I. Uh, I cut like you know massive amounts of weight, and probably from the age of fifteen or sixteen till a couple years ago, I had to take a modium every single day, every day, or I'd be sick in my stomach. And so all those years, you know, I mean, it was if I didn't take it that morning, I would be sick within ten minutes of eating, you know, immediately sick. It's like I had to, it was it was awful. It's just but but you know what's funny? It, beca- it just became a part of life. You know, mm-hmm. you're just like okay, I'm just preparing always for making sure I have a modium. Right. And then, uh, you know, if I'm getting feeling sick, I chew the modium because it hits you faster. I mean, that's that's how I live my life. Well, then I discovered probiotics. And the doctor said, oh, you should try these, you know. And for the first time, I mean, I didn't have to use a modium AD every day. And now, I mean, I could go three days without taking probiotics and not have a problem. Mm-mm. And I still take them every day. But, you know, I mean, I shouldn't say I don't take them every day. Uh, I, I'll miss every now and then, but generally I take them every day. But you usually, you used, well, do you still have the acid reflux? Didn't you have like an acid reflux problem? Did that help that at all? Uh, it helps everything. I mean, it, it helps everything, I think. I mean, it yeah. breaks down food better. I think the a- acid reflux was, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's right. It's St. Patrick's Day, too many days are in a row, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Was, I, I can't blame the anything but that on. The acid reflux. It certainly was a killer party, though, and I'm um, sad that I was only there for like three hours because I was planning on staying there until like eight o'clock. I know. I was bummed. I think I stayed till about one in the morning. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Oh so wow! I got there about three, three thirty, and then stayed till about one in the morning. Yeah, I was going to say that's your your favorite holiday. It is my favorite holiday. You know, this year wasn't quite. It didn't seem quite as crowded as last year. Yeah, but it was on a Sunday. It was on a Sunday. You know, but like. Thursday, like the last th- Thursday was packed, you know, three years ago, Friday, Saturday. So well, they also Sundays. closed uh, off the roads, I know, too. and there was just no parking. Yeah, I parked about a half a mile away. Are you serious? Yes. I, par- I parked over on Music Row, like, uh, in a record uh, studio's parking lot. I was like, oh, I'm just going to get towed here. I forget it. I'm just going to, but I, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to not, not show up. We four-wheeled uh, up onto that uh, Rocky Hill area, and literally my car was at a slant. I was like, if I come out, my, my, my car is rolled. <laughs> this will not be good. But uh, be a good thing. Yeah, so it didn't really get much fuller after I left. I mean, I would have thought that it would, the crowds would have even – because there were a lot of people there. No. <laughs> I know. It's, I wouldn't get a – not that bad. It wasn't too crowded. Oh, it wasn't overcrowded, you know. I mean, there's we had tons of space. So there were a lot of people. But, you know, it wasn't overcrowded. Last year was super crowded. It was. Um, but you know what? They had a uh, they started the St. Patty's Day weekend. They did a Friday, Saturday, Sunday deal 
also. They said Saturday was just slammed. So they basically killed off half their populace <laughs> with car bombs the night before. You got it. You got it. <laughs> and I, fish and chips. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't talked to Quinn yet to see if uh, he would do it that way again. Because obviously if, if, the, if the financial benefits there, you do it. But how tired was he after those three days? I mean, St. Patty's Day alone is exhausting for him. Yeah. And I can only imagine if he did a big Saturday night, big – I mean, you know, they put a lot of effort into into St. Patty's Day. Yeah, they did. They're probably still – it's Tuesday now. They're probably still recovering right now. I bet. I mean, it's exhausting. Yeah, your staff has got to be uh, – They looked dead last night. I'm sure. I went in and ate, and they were like – Dragging. dragging. <laughs> what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> what would you like to eat? It's like, okay, just uh, something cooked correctly. Just That'd no car lovely. bombs today. Yeah, no car bombs. No car bombs today. I can't believe you like those. It's like, to me, it's oh, almost it's so like delicious. Jaeger. It's like. No, it's deliciousness in a glass. You know, I did see the other day on um, Fox News, they were talking about uh, another way to prepare a car bomb. And it was you take your Guinness and then you pour your liquor over the back of a spoon. Okay. And yeah. so I guess part of the liquor goes down and then part of it stays up. And anyway, I didn't know if you'd ever heard of that since Mm-mm. you're a big car bomb. That's interesting. No, I have not. I hadn't tried it. You know, I, I'm, I'm a big car bomb person on St. Paddy's Day. I, I can't remember. I bet you the last time I ordered an Irish car bomb was last St. Paddy's Day. Of course, I had 72 on my tab, so it's a little extreme, but th- that's enough for one a week for the year. How much last night? I don't know. You know, I walked out on my tab, so I didn't really get to I – mean, but there I had my card on. Uh, I didn't walk They know where to find you. Yeah, well, they, they had my card – you know, stored back there, and so they just added twenty percent. I have to just look at my credit card statement. I haven't, I haven't looked. You have, you have no idea. No, I have no idea. So uh, there is some some interesting things going on, and I think that sometimes people sensationalize stories. Uh, Rand Paul's coming out the amnesty story, and what was interesting when I wrote it, uh, read the the story this morning was that. It was everything that I already knew. It's old news to me because I follow it so close. Um, I think everybody else is like, oh, he supports Amnesty. It's like, no, you should really look at what he's talking about because it's totally different than Rubio's deal. It's totally different than the Democrats' deal. I think that he's using the political capital that he, get, that he had from the filibuster a couple of weeks ago to get attention mm-hmm. to his, his idea on immigration. It is inclusive to the Hispanics, uh, which I think is good because I think we need their votes. Uh, but it, it, it is it's inclusive to them but it it makes border patrol uh number one priority so in other words you know what and, and he's and he's right in this aspect well i i i agree with this argument in this aspect i'm not, I'm not sure we're exactly right but the argument is <clears throat> if you have 11 million or so people in here illegally pretty much but they've been working for however many years and they've been doing all this stuff and their kids are in the schools and it's just Overcrowded, and, and there really is absolutely, positively no way to round them up and send them back to Mexico. That's impossible. And you know, if if you if you agree with that in theory, then you got to figure out how to how to work with them and stop them coming in ever again. I know exactly how to do that, and it would be one stroke of the pen to get all that to happen. How's that? To enforce um, hiring of illegal immigrants. To enforce it, what do you mean? To enforce making it illegal to hire an illegal. 
it all of a sudden you put it back onto the private companies and the private corporations and there are penalties for being caught with an illegal working there will be no work for them well i mean but there already are laws in place that that's right so why do we need anything this is the this is where i differ from rand i mean like i said i agree with a lot of things he has to say i disagree with any sort of amnesty and this is the reason why one is because in his idea of securing the borders to me is no different than the berlin wall what can't get in can't get out Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I just don't think building a wall and entrapping and encasing a country is acceptable, especially in one that's supposed to be a free country. I think if I wanted to walk across the Mexican border and go over to Mexico, I should be able to walk across the border and go to Mexico personally. And I think that they could have the right to be able to come into our country. That's fine. But where I have the, I have the economic problem with it, as well as – not just the economic problems of them over here doing the jobs, which the Democrats love to say, oh, but Americans won't take those jobs. I guarantee you now with the unemployment rate as high as it is, there are plenty of Americans that will be glad to go out there and do these jobs. Also, with this, there's no guarantee when you give those 11 million illegal immigrants amnesty that they're going to vote the way you want them to vote they're going to vote for the free stuff and who gives the most free stuff is the democrats now if they want if Rand paul would put in there no right to vote if we give you amnesty then you lose your rights to vote i will be for it (laughs) because this is the whole amnesty game that's what the game is it's it, it they're they're trying to get more socialist uh, communistic fascist people in our voting booths and that's what's killing our country so if they want to do it legally then they get the right to vote if the government has to give them amnesty they don't have the right to vote and i hate to be that way as an american but quite frankly we can't afford another 11 million what kind of country is the mexican government i mean is that considered communist is it considered socialist, socialist I, I mean you know what is it well, see, I, I agree with you pretty much 100%. <laughs> I mean, I agree with that. I agree with what you just said. It makes a lot of sense. Um, <clears throat> the unfortunate reality of where we're at is that if we don't give it to them, the Democrats will. But doesn't still guarantee you that the Republicans no, are going to give it I, I, I bet, But it puts you in a better position. No, it does not put us in the better. It puts our country in a worse position because well, it, we will be outnumbered. Um, I, I but think about this. If Rand Paul were to be president in 2016 and he had a and and he supported the, the amnesty and he got the he got that support. Let's say we got Rand Paul in. 2016 uh would you rather have him or hillary clinton which one do you think would set back the country more hillary being in there and being for amnesty or Rand being in there and being for amnesty because i I think that's kind of what it comes down to like i don't uh but you're not getting a guarantee that they're going to vote for Rand paul even if he supports it you're not but but let's say when you're going to get zero percent of the vote and this last election was two million votes, right? Uh, and instead, you get 
15% of the 11 million when you would have gotten 0%, I think that makes up for it. And then having somebody with that uh, presidential microphone like Rand Paul, who is literally going to educate people. That's what he does. That's what he did with the drone bill or with the uh, drone filibuster. He educated you know, the masses on what freedom really is, why we have the separation of powers, why you can't give the, the president you know, power to assassinate American citizens, why that's a bad idea, what the founders had taught us, and those type of things. It was really an educational process, and I think when people started listening to him, they realized that you know, he really believes in these things, and he was teaching people about uh, the principles of freedom. So yeah, I agree. Like I said, I, I t- actually I agree with what you're saying. I do. I, I think that you are correct in the sense that this is what should happen. But I think it's, it, it's, it's almost like an argument of doing away with the uh, Department of Education right now. I mean, I, I still believe that. I think that's something that maybe we could eventually get to. But the country is so far, far past that. That happened in 1978. Because of the amnesties, all the way from Reagan on up. Yeah, Reagan did 86. Bush did some amnesty. <clears throat> I mean, they all have done some amnesty here. Yeah, and I, but I, I think that, you know, the the educational process, like, the only chance to save the country is to have someone up there that will tell them the truth about what America was founded on, even if that's not what they've ever been taught before. But you're, not, you're talking about a very small percent of the population that actually even saw the filibuster. Mm. You're talking about a very small percent of the population that even know what a filibuster is. There, he, 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 all he did was educate those who follow politics already. Mm. I, think that, I think it was a lot bigger than that because in, in the past um, – Nobody ever listened to him. This was the biggest news story of the week. It wasn't a small thing. He had more tweets and retweets than the president of the United States during the State of the Union. I mean, it was a huge, huge impact. It probably got out to about 40, 40 million people. That's a large percentage of the population that wouldn't have I mean, actually listened to it, listened to the, the news stories. That's a large, large percentage. It was on ABC, NBC, CBS. It was all the mainstream not just cable outlets, not just Fox News, not just MSNBC, but it was it was the story of the week. He had a huge reach with that. I think, it, and and he would have more and more reach with that if uh, you know if he were given that that microphone of the, of the presidency. I think what he's doing right now is he's he's capitalizing on the capital that he built up a couple weeks ago uh, with the country. Absolutely, people are listening to him. This is an issue uh, that. I mean, you're right. We don't. We we. I I actually agree with you. What you just said was. I, I agree with that. Because um, you're saying realistically, and where we are, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, and and I I think it was a. I think it's a smart. I don't. I think that. I think that you. I think if they give this 11 million, all of a sudden, what it is to be an American, and to walk into a voting booth and have true Americans that believe in the Constitution and believe in the Bill of Rights will be outnumbered. Hmm. We, the, we, the, it, will, it will secure the failure of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. These people are, that are over here have no respect for our Constitution <clears throat> and Bill of Rights. Otherwise, they would have done it legally. What, what if they're going to um, – what if, what if the Democrats are going to get it through? What if, what if they're going to support it and it, it's nothing and, and Rand Paul is one of the biggest opponents to it? 
the Republicans are the biggest opponents to it, and it gets passed. What happens then? Because I, I think that's what I think they're going to vote Democrat no matter what. I, mm. I mean, that's the thing is that I mean, I think that you're yeah. saying that you know, like I said, if he wants to be for the immigration <laughs> bill, there's only one excerpt I would add into that. I will go along with putting up the Berlin Wall if that's what everybody feels like America needs to do <laughs> in order to be secure. Fine. But they shouldn't have the right to vote. I agree. They have shown no support and that's where I have I, I don't I don't have a problem with immigration. I don't have a problem with us being, you know, uh Lord knows my side of the family I'm French and English on one side, Irish and Welsh on the other side. I understand it, and I get it, and, you know, I, I just I, I just don't know where else you can go with this country and the amnesty and to keep our Bill of Rights and our Constitution in check. Right now, the reason why we are un- under such fire is because of all the amnesties that all the presidents have done in order to get votes they don't get. I mean, they just, I mean, the Democrats are king and queen of redistribution, Mm -hmm. take money from those working American citizens and give it to the illegals to come over here Mm -hmm. when they, you know, to send your poor, your sick, your, you know, whatever to America, you know, that wasn't supposed to be a forever Mm -hmm. thing. It was until you get back on your feet and let's start going. That's not what we got going on here. We got a welfare state going on. Mm-hmm. And if these people are going to walk in and vote for more free stuff, it ain't free uh, for you and me, but it's free for them. Right. And that's where I have the problem with it. I I agree with you. I like your uh, I like your idea of not letting uh, the illegals vote. I think that's that's the that is my that's the only thing that I am willing for me to allow <laughs> this to happen. I wonder if that's ever been discussed. No, hell no, because that's the reason why they're doing it. They're, they don't give a damn about 11 million immigrants. What these, what the government gives a damn about is whether they're going to stay in power. It's not – our government is not for the people anymore. There is, a, there, is a huge, there is a huge problem we've got going on. And um, we, we have got, like, for example, in Tennessee, you know, Mae Beavers being told she was not – she or um, who was it? Anyway, it has been said by Republican big-name senators to other state potential senators running that, thank God, they weren't voted in because they were not a team player. Which that basically says is that those senators are probably libertarians, which we do know that some of them are, that have been told this by Steele, matter of fact, um, that they're not being team players. And where that team is is that either you're on team people or you're on team federal state government. And if you're not on team federal state government, then you're not a team player as a politician. Right. That's where we have a problem. And But I tell you, you know, I, I'm a little optimistic right now. There, there, There's – and this isn't necessarily about amnesty by any means – Sorry about that, people. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't about amnesty by any means, but I, I'm optimistic in the fact that we have guys like Rand Paul, like Mike Lee, like Ted Cruz in the Senate 
maybe even like Marco Rubio in the Senate to a uh, listen, listen what I'm saying to a point you know how I feel about him but right now what he says he is he votes the right way uh, you know in my opinion probably 90% of the time from what he says he is now I don't trust him uh, yet but it would be really nice if he is the real deal that's what I'm saying and I hope that if we find out that he is the real deal we'll support him um, and not just be like a blanket no because I'm open to hearing what people have to say because, I mean, if, if you look at, if somebody doesn't know know somebody else and they've heard all of this stuff about them and they see, oh, well, he's, he's, he knows this person or this person, it's easy to immediately dismiss people. But I think a lot of times when we dismiss people, we should at least give them the opportunity to prove themselves. I'm still giving him that opportunity. I'm not supporting him right now. But I'm saying what, what opened me up a little bit was the fact that he did uh, – speak during Rand's filibuster. I would have never expected that from a neoconservative ever. And he bucked the he bucked the system with that. And so you know what? If if someone does it's it's a consequence. We we're talking about consequences earlier. Had McCain been there and not having lunch with Obama, do you think he really would have done that? I don't know. I don't think he would have. I don't know. I think that's because uh the the tenure um, you know, Boehner's and McCain's and, you know, that crew were up, uh, you know, hobnobbing with, you know, Obama. And had they all been in the House, I, I mean, uh, you know, uh, on the floor or whatever? No, I, I don't. I don't see. I, I think that he I, th- I think he had a moment where he felt freedom <laughs> and he and he jumped on. And I like that. And, and, and you know what? Maybe he learned something from that, too, because. He's got a lot of people that, like me, who didn't give him much of a chance. I was, all, I'm always open, but I'm like, eh, let's let's see what his actions are. Let's see how he votes. And his actions showed one thing, and, and you could be right. You know, he could have he could have acted differently with uh, with McCain if, if McCain was there. I do believe that, that. I think that's the only reason why that filibuster was was even able <laughs> to take flight. I think Obama did us a fa- huge favor by taking. Uh, the the wolves of the Republican Party and entertaining them up at the White House because yeah, that's exactly where they belong. How cool would it have been if the wolves would have gone and started uh, debating Rand? <laughs> that would have been awesome. Right? I would love to see that showdown. Rand would have crushed him. Yeah. And, and he would have had the mic for as long as he wanted to. I mean, <laughs> Rand's not somebody you want to debate because it's, it's kind of like his dad. I mean, his dad left the cat out of the bag in 2007 at those presidential debates you know everybody's like what the hell is I mean I Michael Steele you saw talk about Michael Steele I never forget him being on Fox News and saying oh yeah Rand Paul just ruined it or excuse me Ron Paul just ruined it for himself he's he's a nobody he started dogging him mm-hmm. but the reality was he bucked the party he bucked the system he's not a team player he's not a team player because he's for the people and not it. for the federal and state government you got it and uh you know it was, it was so refreshing but I mean, then you got you got uh Congressman in the House, Amash, Justin Amash, who's actually a libertarian. He was a, a one of the original Ron Paul supporters for the 2008 presidency. Ron and Paul he, inspired him. And you said he was from Palestine? or uh, yeah, he's, his... Somewhere in the Middle East uh, his family was, was from. So it's kind of cool. And he, he might he might uh, be able to unite some people with that, with that, with that idea, too. Uh, Bridenstein, Brown, Gohmert, uh, Holskamp, Jones, Massey from Kentucky. He's the new mm-hmm. rep from Kentucky, good friend with Rand Paul. Pierce, Salmon, and Yoho. Um, 
they're the ones that are that are putting up the fight, and they're the ones that give me uh, reason to believe in, you know, optimism. I'm somewhat optimistic about this. You know, if you look at Jim Dement, Jim Dement uh, was a senator from South Carolina, and he was he's a hardcore conservative. He's a hardcore conservative, not a libertarian, but hardcore conservative. And I don't agree with Jim Dement at all. Well, I shouldn't say at all. I don't uh, <laughs> uh, agree with Jim Dement a lot with his yeah. uh, moral policing in a lot of ways. But I was happy to see how much he opened up to uh, Rand and how much he opened up to the libertarians because he wouldn't have been someone that I expected to. Right. And he said, you know what? Uh, we need to. I, I would gladly have debates with the libertarian uh, sect because. You know, we pretty much fundamentally believe in the same things, small government, uh, you know, low taxes, freedom, those type of things. He's like, I'd much rather debate with him than the than the you know, liberal left or the even the middle Republicans, you know, because we you know, we actually have principle behind uh, what we say. We're not just trying to go along with the crowd or what, you know, you think the intentions are good, the intentions are good. And so he opened up. He even came our way on the war issue. You know, he said, hey, you know what? We can't afford these never-ending wars. He was probably the first uh, first guy in the Senate to do that um, from, from that whole Republican crew. So uh, think about what Ronald Reagan said. Libertarianism is the heart of conservatism. So you're seeing right now, and this is what's kind of cool. It's a, this <clears throat> one article we're reading. It says the Conservative Fight Club, and it's talking about some of these guys. And I like the idea that they're being called conservatives and not libertarians. I like it because there's a lot of people out there, the American voters can relate with conservatives. They understand what, well, they really don't understand what conservatism is, but they've heard it enough to where a lot of them identify themselves as conservatives. So if Massey or Amash or... You know, any of these guys are being lumped in as conservatives. That's a good thing because people will actually listen to them. If they said the Libertarian Fight Club, they'd be like, "No way!" <laughs> right? They right. wouldn't. They wouldn't be for it. But because it's conservative, they're for it. Which, hey, you know what? I'm all. I'm all for that. You know, people have to become educated. Maybe they'll realize that libertarianism is the heart of conservatism. It is what. That's what it is. But you know, for right now, they're branding the the Republican Party is being rebranded right now. And uh, there's going to be a, a fight with the Republicans and the conservatives. And, uh, and I'm ready for that fight. And you better believe it. Yeah, me too. And I, I, I like the idea that, that a lot of these conservatives are truly libertarian. So they have this, uh, in many people's minds, extreme view of the government. Extreme as in we want it super small. We want super low taxes. Right, freedom. You got it. I mean, <laughs> but, but that's, uh, that's the thing is I don't get it. I, I, don't, I do. I do get it because just like this immigration thing, these these all these amnesties that have been given over the years since Reagan, that's exactly what we've brought into our voting booths. We have brought in people who don't know no other than socialism and communism and fascism, mm-hmm. and we have given them citizenship. They have no respect or regard for the Constitution, Bill of Rights, nor are they going to walk into that voting booth and do that. No, you're exactly right, and I, like I said, I, I like the idea that you just uh, that you gave of not letting them vote. I don't know if that would ever happen, but it sounds pretty darn good to me. Well, it sounds it's very very anti-American because part of being an American is you, know, you have the right to vote. But this, <clears throat> they are illegal. Oh, I know they came in already as convicts. Well, and yeah, <laughs> and, and so part of their consequences they can't vote. Can you vote? No. 
See, when, <laughs> you're born in this country. You got great respect, and you know, for the Constitution and Bill of Rights, and you don't have the right to vote. But people that are coming through our borders illegally, breaking federal laws, are going to have the right to vote, and that doesn't mean that doesn't mean anything to anybody. I mean, I, right. I just don't understand. I I, I I don't get it. I do get it because I know that they're going to get their votes. And they're going to vote for for socialism, and that's what that's what irritates me. If he does this, eleven million, this country's over. Well, I, voting I wise, I don't necessarily agree with you on that, but we can agree to disagree on that. That whole uh, the whole voting thing, um, Cyprus. That's a, a nutty thing that's going on over there, right next to Greece. Oh yeah. So for the last year we've been talking about things that the banks can do the central planning the central banks and ultimately uh people have to understand this isn't a conspiracy this is just fact eventually they want to get uh the whole world on one currency okay so uh they they started that in europe with, with the euro england chose to stay out of the euro good for england uh, they have their British pound. Um, but you have all of these countries that united, the United <laughs> States of Europe. No, you have all these countries that united uh, uh, supporting the euro. They changed their currency to the euro. Now everybody's under the euro. It hasn't gone so well because people are starting to realize that you lose your sovereignty as a nation and, and people within your country don't necessarily have the uh, the rights to defend themselves against these bankers, the banksters. Mm-hmm. What's happening in Cyprus right now, the uh, International Monetary Fund, IMF, and the euro made a suggestion to withhold the money in the savings accounts. Uh, the initial request, and this is something that the that the store that the papers and stuff haven't been reporting a whole lot. The initial request was forty percent. Forty percent by the IMF. They, that was their suggestion uh, of savings. So if you had a hundred thousand dollars in your savings account, they're going to take out forty thousand. That's what that's what the initial deal was. Now they're saying basically ten percent, nine point nine or whatever. So if you have a hundred thousand dollars in your account, they take out ten thousand. You now have ninety thousand, and it's a money grab. They're they're snatching the money to give a bailout. What this tells us is that if, and, and, and there's a ripple effect right now. I mean, people are on the streets in Cyprus like, hell no. There was a run on the banks on Friday, which <laughs> remind you know should remind you of the, the Great Depression. That's what happened then. Greece is pretty much bankrupt. Other countries, New Zealand just, just came out, and they might be following doing the money grab. And people are like, wait a second. They can't do this. You can't. You can't just take money out of our accounts. That's our money. And for all the people that are saying that, I want them to look in the mirror and I want them to ask themselves the question: Did I support the euro? And did I laugh, mock, make fun of anything else? The people that said, "Hey, this is a bad idea because this could happen." I mean, it was very clear. We know this can happen. We know this, not, not just can, this is inevitable. This will happen. It's happened throughout history. You know, read the history books, see what the banks have done. That's what they do. They, they, they do money grabs. 
your money is not your money in that type of environment. I don't even think your money is your money in America, but your money is not your money in, in complete socialism. The government, the banks, they own you. They own your money. And so if you don't believe it, if you think that they don't own your money, how are they taking 10% out of your bank account? I mean, how are they doing that? If, if they don't own it, if you want to argue, if all you socialists, and that's really what, 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 who the argument's against, the Keynesians out there, if, if they all argue that, uh, that, that this money is, is yours, do, do you really agree with them now? Because they're saying it's not. They're saying one thing, doing another. Absolutely. The, right. ri- the writing's on the wall. Melanie, I mean this. I mean, well, look, we've been we bailed out our banks here. I mean, we are this socialism. I don't, I, I don't even know what this falls under. I, I almost want to say this is like fascism, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's coming here. It's come. We we they're they're already trying to trash our dollar. <clears throat> They've done a really good job at at doing that, especially the fact that we're not on the gold standard and. You know, it, this is coming to us eventually. Oh yeah, it's it's starting with the little guys, Spain, uh, Cyprus. I mean, it, it's Greece. It, it's it's going to it's a triple, of, you know, a trickling down effect. But I mean, am I right in this? Um, isn't it like the is like the Bank of England, or it's going to make England that will end up seizing the the financial assets because. You know they can't. They obviously can't handle it themselves. The financial institutions of these countries, and I don't know. It's been historically my understanding that countries like England, I think they did it here in America, not England, but they you know took people's gold, food. Um, you know when the banking crises have happened in the past in this country, they come around and collect things. You know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Great point. Nineteen thirty-six. Uh, Roosevelt made gold illegal. He confiscated the gold of the American people, and it's all you know. It's been eighty or so years since, and people forget. You know, and that the, the wasn't history. long ago. No, it wasn't long ago at all. So, it's the same thing. I mean, they're going to. Well, we get so we we get so comfortable with our governments. We get so comfortable with the fact that they are taking care of us and they're keeping us safe and what they say goes and we really don't have a say and oh that will never happen here no that was a long time ago and there could never be another hitler and there could never be another gold grab and there can never take out deposits out of the can take out money out of our account, uh, accounts and by the way england did do it i forget the year it was in the 80s i believe uh where they did their money grab it was like 10 they, they devalued their dollar though <laughs> there's a little difference they didn't they didn't take the the cash out of the accounts they just devalued it same thing no same thing right? but um <clears throat> yeah I, I think that we are heading towards the exact same thing again here the difference if they try to do a money grab on the americans i mean come on we're not playing they would have to sell it for a few years and make it okay. I think that they're doing this thing in Cyprus right now to see the reaction uh, in the rest of the world. Cyprus is a very small economy. I mean, we could easily bail out Cyprus. Um, mm-hmm. like, n- no problem whatsoever. And all they're asking for is like 10 to $12 billion. So, I mean, how if you were planning on doing this on a... On a <laughs> Uh, oh, you, is that it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but seriously, in the grand scheme of things, that's, we spend that every day. I don't know. In America, a lot more. But, I mean, like, think about this. If 
they do a country like Cyprus. It's super small. And they, they go for the cash grab there. They see the reaction by the people in the country. that They're collecting data. They're, they're seeing how we're going to react. They're seeing who's posting online. They're seeing who's complaining. They're seeing, oh, well, oh, they're reacting this way. And then next thing you know, another government's going to suggest that if it goes halfway well, if they can pull off this cash grab, if it goes halfway well, you will see it happen over and over yeah. and over again until people are expecting it. It's, it's not a, a debate where, oh, this is just so damn wrong. It is a debate over what is reasonable. You know, it's going to, they're going to try to change that. Oh, well, you know what? It's just 2%. Everybody should pay their fair share. 2%. I mean, my God, for this millionaire, $20,000. Oh, you got $100,000 in your account. Only $2,000. You know, and, and then they start rationalizing the whole process, not holding accountable. Yeah. Whoever started this mess. I mean, that's what it comes down to. We're not gonna we're not gonna hold accountable who who caused the the, the situation that we're in now. They're just gonna grab your cash because yeah. you need to pay your fair share. And isn't it like illegal to like store money like large amounts of money in your house? So technically, if you even you know put your money in in your mattress under your mattress, I mean. That's a federal offense right there. So what else are you supposed to do with it? Well, I don't think it's illegal to have money. I think it is. No. I'm going to look it up while you talk. Yeah, it's not illegal to have money in your house. Now, uh, large amounts, I think, is like a certain... Mm-hmm. I'm going to look it up. There's no way. You can have as much money as you want. But driving... Um, no, we know how that goes. Tennessee, yeah. Tennessee, the police really love to collect people's money. Yeah, driving. <laughs> they they love to collect the money. <laughs> but it's not, I, I'm not, it's not illegal to have money in your house. But... You know, ultimately, and they have those machines you may be aware of that can uh, can tell when you have large amounts of money in your car. You know, those reading serial number machines. Oh, yeah. Then I'm going to drive by your house and flash it and find out how much money you got. Exactly. So you, you might be allowed to keep it, but uh, they still know about it. And you, you, you kind of wonder, too, with the drones that they're putting up in the air. I told you about the, the technology that they have where uh, they can see who's armed or not. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now if you if you if you're carrying a firearm and and these new drones uh, have the technology to see if you have a firearm on you or not, what's to say they couldn't easily see how much cash you got on you? If you got more than five thousand dollars on you, it like beeps, you know, like beep 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 beep, you light up red. I mean, can you imagine? It'd be easy to easy to pinpoint people there. Well, that's probably what they're doing on our interstates, and they just haven't admitted to it yet. But that's been happening here. I mean, what are the chances that it, um, the police in Tennessee are able to actually pull over a car with $20,000 and proof that he was going to go purchase a car in Tennessee and pay cash for it. They took the dude's $20,000, you know. Right. Then you have to pay for the plane ticket to come back to get your check when they decide that you aren't guilty of something. Absolutely. It's uh, it's not your money. Same thing as the cash grab out of your account, except it's on a on a smaller scale, you know. It's definitely on a on a smaller scale, but you know the next thing that we're going to go to is is uh, the banks. I say the next thing, the the next logical step for the euro is going to be uh, to start snatching money out of accounts of, of different countries that are that are going down. 
And now I, I wonder who gets that money. Does he, like, it's like, who's getting this money here? The police, they're putting it into parking lots at the police station and buying new weapons and new, and new ammo and, <clears throat> you know, uh, basically stealing from, you know, from Citizen Peter to uh, make Officer Paul's uh, job a little bit cushier so he can go and, you know, uh, arrest people. But, yeah, I mean, it's now in Tennessee state legislature right now, you know, a bill trying to prevent police piracy. I mean, that's that is so, so ridiculous that at this point in time in America that our police are holding citizens hostage. hostage. Not even even holding them hostage, holding them up. I mean, it's like robbery. I mean. Oh, you think? Yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, then you got to think about, you know, the fact that you have to pay for your plane ticket to come and get your uh you know twenty thousand dollar check i mean if it, if they take you know let's just say you had a thousand dollars on you they took your thousand dollars and you lived in new york you have to wait like a month before you can come back and collect your check so how much is your plane ticket going to be back to come be to come back and get your your thousand dollars back right a thousand dollars so what are people going to do people are going to be like well i'm not coming back to get that check it's going to cost me a thousand dollars to get there and, and then it's going. I'm going to be out two grand, mm-hmm. you know. And people aren't going to play that game now. If you like missing twenty thousand because the police stole it from you, you you're going to you know take the little financial hit to come and get your twenty thousand dollar check back. So you know it's it's that day and age right now that is really actually very scary. I I, I just cannot believe that that's we're having these sort of issues with our police and that just shows should show to everybody how serious this problem of the federal government as well as the state government i'm not pro i'm not pro uh, police state you know i mean i i like to put the powers back to the state but that no way no way am i into having a police state and that's what we've got going on and that and that's sad and no telling where else it's happening too yeah well we have a total we have a total police state. <clears throat> I don't even think the police realize that they're involved in it, that they've been sold a, a bag of goods that isn't uh, isn't real. You know, this is a facade. They're they're joining uh, they're joining the man to fight the the people. When in reality, you know, we need the pe- uh, the police to be behind us, the people, and not have the whole us against them mentality. It's not. It's not authority versus the people. It's, you know, it's the... It's what it, I think what it comes down to is that it's either you are guilty <clears throat> until you're proven innocent or you're innocent until you're proven guilty. Yeah. And right now, we have the guilty until proven innocent, and we're missing that aspect in, in our government. So, you know, am I paranoid? Yeah. Do I trust my government? Oh, hell no. Uh, especially one that's running around doing ammo grabs and, you know, I mean, drones in our air. I mean, why am I supposed to be okay with this? <laughs> well, because you're supposed to be a good little American citizen. The United States of America America is probably the most powerful cult in the world. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's why it's imperative for them to kill us economically so they can constitutionally kill us as well. I mean, think about this whole political system. I mean, it's it's very cultish in the, in the idea that you have 
it's a, a supposed choice. I mean, you, you pledge allegiance to the flag and you do all that stuff as you're growing up, and you're taught this American exceptionalism and how great we are, and you're taught that you know you're really not supposed to t- speak out against the government now. Um, and then you're then you're taught that you have a choice. Your vote counts because you can vote between Republican and Democrat. You don't have any kind of free choice in other parties because they they aren't allowed in. Um, anyone who says anything against the government in public is immediately uh, chastised and called these names. Um, if you speak out against Israel, you're called an anti-Semite and made fun of. I mean, it's it is. It's like a it's like a cult. Mm-hmm. Our country is. I mean, we have been fooled in believing this crap and 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 then we're told by the intellectuals that they know the way to for us to live a better life when intellectuals have caused the problems in 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 throughout history because of their they're so smart they don't realize reality a lot of times i don't think that we've been fooled i think we've been lied to and these are difference and i i I, how many times we voted somebody in they have a great message great idea Corker in Tennessee is a prime example of that and turns around and does complete opposite of what they ran on. There's no consequence for them. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, uh, then that, maybe that's something we need to add mm-hmm. into the government. Maybe they need to sign exactly, write out their proposals of what they were trying to get accomplished and, you know, make them stick to it. And if they don't, then there has to be a consequence for them. I mean, I just don't think that you should be able to go in and say, I'm a Republican, and then turn around and vote completely Democrat. Alexander's doing it. Corker's doing it. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. That's the problem with the with the Senate. Because if you let a really rich guy in there that basically doesn't stand on any principle, like Bob Corker, <laughs> you get... You get people that go against everything that they say, and, and they, at the Senate level, like it's so hard once you win uh, to ever lose again. I mean, my God, it's hard because I mean, they build the relationships with the people, they scratch enough backs, they helped out this guy, they helped out this guy, they helped out this guy. They're helping people, and people want to like them because this big, powerful senator has helped them. Mm-hmm. But they don't vote. Yeah, uh, right. For anything, but that th- that we agree with, they just. They just help uh, specific people that luckily are fortunate enough and wealthy enough to uh, get their attention. And that's that's why. I mean, you can't, like, Bob Corker's awful, but he, you know, he scratches the right backs. I mean, I have friends that know him. They, oh, yeah, he's a good guy. I don't care. How, what about how he votes? Oh, well, you know, you know no, I mean, he, he sucks. Mm-hmm. Just be realistic. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's a good guy. He has him. But, oh, my God. Well, you know, I think part of the problem, too, is that in the in this country, it used to be that senators and the presidents were farmers and, you know, in a sense, blue-collared, um, you know, people. And now what we have is that we have lawyers, and that's the problem. Lawyers are what's destro- are destroying this country. They are destroying our Constitution. They are destroying our Bill of Rights, all in the name of so they can make more money. 
Today, you can get sued over a thought. And that is what's wrong. It, when, when lawyers ha- are basically, I guess they're trying to interpret things, law. And I think that that is where it becomes a problem. Because law is not supposed to be an interpretation to a certain point, especially the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. It is, it, it's like the gun control. Either you believe in gun control or you don't believe in it. There's no shade of gray. Right. Yeah. And and all these lawyers, everything's a shade of gray. I'm I'm playing a little devil devil's advocate here because I actually I agree with what you just said. <clears throat> of course, I'm I'm not for gun control, but uh, but you know with with the thing with the lawyers, you think it's the idea that they were educated in in, in law and. They're told, okay, you have this Constitution thing here, but look at all the ways that it doesn't really apply. Mm-hmm. And that's a good argument for someone who you know isn't big into the Bill of Rights or wasn't a uh, you know super conservative before. And it's easy to say, you know what? They're right. We don't follow the Constitution. We don't follow the Bill of Rights. We don't, you know, and just go through the list. And so you easily dismiss uh, the Constitution and what our country was founded on because you realize. That as a functional uh, document, uh, or as a, a, functionally, it doesn't exist in our country. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I'm not making excuses for them. I'm just saying I can see how, you know, someone who didn't have a lot of principle going in that had more of okay a realist mindset would believe that and would believe that it's not important and would believe that well, well, we don't follow it. Look at all of these examples of how it doesn't apply. And oh, look at all of these examples of how the Supreme Court says, oh, this is this is okay. And I think that's what you get. You get all these super educated people that look at the reality of the state that we're in right now or their reality and don't realize the consequences uh, that could happen if they don't go back to what the country was founded on. I don't think they care because as long as they can make a way for you to sue the next person, I knew this country was in trouble when that idiot who burned themselves in a McDonald's coffee would won their lawsuit against McDonald's when it has written on it, hot, caution. I mean, that's a problem. That's an issue. That That's, where, that's, what, that's the problems that we have going on as far as our... It, the lawyers are killing this country. The lawyers are like Brian Kelsey in Memphis. His interpretations of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights are so unacceptable uh, that, but if you look at his history, he's a member of the Federalist Party. It's like Federalist parties are basically, it's a party of lawyers. And where did he go to school? You know, where, where, what, what are the Federalists made of? Harvard, Chicago School of Law, which is like a, an oxymoron in itself right there. <laughs> Chicago and law don't need to go together right. whatsoever. Isn't that where Obama was a teacher? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And, you know, they, he, this guy claims he's a Republican, but as far as I'm concerned, they shouldn't be using the term Federalist at all when they're talking about law. And there and what the law is today, there is nothing Federalist paper about anything that's going on in the law today. Nothing. I mean, it, it, this this is not even a recognizable country when you can sue somebody over hot coffee. Uh, that's just that that's the problem. That's I think that we need more farmers. I think we need more you know computer you know analysts and um, you know 
uh, boxers, you name them, you just name uh, anything other than a lawyer. That's what we need in our political offices. Well, you know, I think that one one thing that the country could do better at, I think the Republicans, frankly, can do a lot better at, is to admit and realize that our country's education system is not very good. Oh, it's good th- for their purpose. I think we're 27th in math. I think that's what it is. Wow. Forget what we are in science. But technological innovation is going to be what makes or breaks the future of America. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to keep up with the times. Education is super important. I mean, they have to be educated. You know, but They do have to be educated, but they're not educating them in an American in an American way, it's. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at it right now with my children in public schools in the state of Tennessee. There is nothing American about what's going on in these schools. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. We're going to have to uh, a nice a nice thing for the Republicans to do would, would be to support education more, in the sense that we need to make more engineers. We need more. Uh, scientists we need more astronauts we need you know we need those type of things and we're not really going for them right now because we're trying to make everybody happy it's a one-size-fits-all educational system they are honing in on math and science right now in schools they're they're really because we are hurting so badly in those areas in this country um, and I I, reason why I know that because I have a son that is advanced in math, I mean, he's just an absolute incredible genius when it comes to math. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen a lot of the stuff that they are trying to do for the math. So they're, they, they are uh, doing that. But I just, you know, I, I don't know. They've got other political agendas that are more important in the Department of Education that are not so important to you and me. Right. And I, I agree. And it's it's almost the re-education of, of uh, Americans. Americans through Propaganda it's in it. history. I mean, it's it's not it's not real education. It's not real history. It's this history that's been you know fixed and made to the benefit of whatever the leading party is. And actually, the leading parties, the Republicans and Democrats, pretty much have the same view of history. If you look at the mainstream Republicans and mainstream Democrats, they they have the same view of history, and that's the problem. The majority is not Democrat, Republican. The majority is the majority of mainstream people out there, mainstream uh, mainstream congressmen, mainstream senators that make our laws. And they have the same political agenda. They have the same agenda, and that's to keep their power. It's not has nothing to do with the people. Well, it's like their um, version of the Civil War. I mean, you know, of course, everybody knows from education, the Department of Education in this country, that it was fought over slavery. But that's not that's not the deal. I mean, it just happened to be one of many issues at that point in time, and what it has to do with is is federal, you know, uh, federal government versus state government, and who has the power, and that's what that was fought over. And you ask anybody, you go up to anybody and ask them what the Civil War was fought over, they're going to tell you it was slavery. fought over slavery. Yeah, absolutely. And there you go. There, there's our Department of Education. And, you know, to go and say it has anything to do with federal versus state rights, they don't – the government doesn't want you looking at that, Mm -hmm. obviously. They don't want you to 
to know what states' rights are. No, because I, you I got, wasn't taught states' rights in schools. I, I wasn't taught. I live in Tennessee. I mean, of course, it's 15 years ago even, but I, I was not taught this stuff. I was taught wrong history. I was taught fake history that only benefited the 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 powerful elite. Yeah. You know, their version of history. Their version of history is not the real version of history. It's like Hitler. But, but the thing about this, if, if you're taught something as fact and you're graded upon uh, repeating these lies, what does that make us? We're all liars? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, think about it. We're great. This is what gets me. We are graded in school on repeating their answers. It's a scary thing. We're graded on repeating their answers. What if their answers are wrong? I mean, this a reality is we could have had re-education 50 years ago, and we don't even know it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could easily happen. We have to guard that. We have to look for real history, you know. We have to, because what they're doing now, I mean, I, I, what would happen if you, if they say, what was the Civil War fought over? Oh. And you, and you wrote down states' rights, uh, and then and then broke down some of the issues that were happening didn't mention slavery. Yeah, yeah you'd be wrong. You'd You're be lying. Wrong. You'd be wrong. Well, my, my daughter came home, um, memorized, had to memorize. It was a pretty difficult poem, too, on Harriet Tubman. And I'm like, excuse me? How about something off of Thomas Jefferson? Or, you know, or John Adams? I mean, why, why Harriet Tubman? I mean... What was he saying? Well, it was just a poem, you know, ain't going to be no slave no more. I mean, that's what it was. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it, it sounded like a slave, basically, you know, in a poem. I mean, it's what it, it was awful. Why, why do they teach so much of that? Uh, because it keeps black people right where they want them. That's why. Because it's a wound that can't heal because they continually pick that wound open and you know it's you know the black on black crime in this country is astounding and how do we cure that well you cure that by not teaching a culture that they are entitled and they think that they're entitled because of this whole slavery thing that happened and it's like, you know, look, my people were from, from Ireland. We can tell you, and, and the French and the religious persecutions, we all have a history of this. But I'm not walking around, you know, uh, complaining about it and expecting something for it. We, they have raised a community, a culture of people to be wounded. And that is psychologically damaging for them as well as for this country. And it keeps black people right on this Uncle Sam's plantation. They never left the plantation. They're still on the plantation. There's the, there's collecting welfare. They're getting free Obama you know, care funds. But there are a lot of other cultures now that are added into that. It's well, not just black people now. I mean, we got, you know... The master government is taking care of them. Absolutely. Yeah, there's only one master in this country, and that's the federal government. And <laughs> you got it. That's really what it is. I mean, the... You know, how I look at taxation, of course, I think it's a form of a form of slavery. It is um, the idea that if we work, no matter what, we have to give X amount of percentage to an organization that isn't spending our money wisely and has us drowning in debt. I got a problem with that. 
But, I mean, you pay your taxes because you have to, and, you know, it kind of is what it is. But the same thing, I mean, what what the black people in America don't realize is they're still slaves. You know, I'm still a slave. I've been a slave since I was born. We're still slaves. Uh, Slavery the, never ended. The slave master is is the government, um, and it always really has been the government. What the if, if the Civil War was fought over slavery, uh, if you want to say that, then it was it was the big slave fighting the or the the big uh, slave master fighting the small slave master. They're like, hey, you ain't ruling over nobody. Mm-hmm. We're the ones that are ruling here. Okay, we're the boss. And now, just like you said, with welfare and the food stamps and all these things, you have a, a good slave master in the U.S. government taking care of its people. It's slaves. You got it. Let's see. Yeah, that's my man. You got a good slave master in America taking care of its its people, its slaves. You have, uh, you know, but, but go ahead and sell drugs and see if we don't put you in a cage and officially make you a slave. Because there's only one drug slave master, and that's it. the F- yeah, FDA. And, and see, what you're getting with that is <clears throat> the fact, and it is a fact, that the government is a monopoly on force uh, and power. That's what they are. They, are they, they have the monopoly. They have full control over how brutal they want to be with you. They have full control uh, of how much money they want to take out of your account. They have full control over, you know, if, everything. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's your car, your house, your children. You got they it. can come in and take anything that they want to, and you know, and that's where I kind of like, you know, I go off the plantation. I mean, I'm like, come and get it, and it, it, somebody's gonna come out dead in that situation. Probably be me. But I'm gonna take a couple of you with me. <laughs> I ain't playing. I ain't playing. Uh, homie ain't playing that game. I'm, I'm a good citizen. You know, I believe in uh, peace and freedom, and I try to abide by the laws. Um, but when our government gets too big for its britches, hell is coming to pay, and I and I and I I dread that mm. because you know it's coming. I mean, we're we're sitting here watching it move in slowly but surely. I mean, hell, it's here. We're on the plantation. Oh, yeah, well, and I think we've probably been on the plantation for a while. <laughs> yeah, we never left the plantation. <laughs> I mean, that's the biggest hoax ever, right? It the is. The fact that we're we're free people. Oh, yeah. We're not free people. Come on. It's like we're the American free. Revolution was followed over taxes and slavery. I mean, uh, taxes and tea. I mean, what do we have? We have tea and we have taxes, right? <laughs> I know. Exactly. I mean, the, it, the, 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 not the fact that it was followed over the rights to bear arms. Right. I mean, uh, you ask any any idiot on the street, ask them. What was the American Revolution fought over? <laughs> Tea and taxes, if they can even answer that uh, that way. But it was fought over the rights to bear arms. Of course. They went to go confiscate the guns. That's right. Then we got our Hitler government that's gone in and has rewritten it. And there you go. Department of Education's got some serious issues and some serious problems. And that's how we've ended up in this boat is because they are growing little future slaves. And they're ensuring that they're going to be slaves by putting us in $17 trillion of debt. That's right. Well, I am Ed Clay, and this is Melanie Sinclair with me, and Tim, you're going to have to edit this out. (laughs) I'm Joe Liberty, here with Melanie Sinclair, and we are Freedom Cartel, www.freedomcartel.net, www.freedomcartel.net, and we're ending with a little rebelling. Years ago, that the oppressed will break their shackles, that take.
city's gonna burn, the world is gonna